theological education should be affordable. Seminary students should not have to take out tens of thousands of dollars in student loans to train for the ministry. At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, our students pay a base of $75 per credit hour and a $375 per semester fee. For more information on how you can receive informed scholarship with Pastoral Heart, check out our website, cbtseminary.org. Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We pray you find this resource edifying, faithful to Scripture, and Christ-exalting. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. Austin McCormick here with my co-host, Jimmy Johnson. We are coming to you on a late Monday evening after our Lord's Day rest yesterday and uh, a busy day full of responsibilities on our Monday, and we are coming to you to talk about discipleship and more specifically catechisms and how catechisms uh, can be used as a tool for discipleship in pastoral ministry and family worship and in other areas of Christian spiritual disciplines. So, Jimmy, um, to kick off this conversation, I know we've talked about this once or twice before, but obviously we think this is an important topic. Can you remind our listeners, or for first-time listeners, tell them what is a catechism? Yeah, of course. Um, a catechism is basically a series of questions and answers that summarize foundational truths about any given topic. So a, a Christian catechism or a catechism based off of Scripture seeks to divide up the core truths of scripture into questions and answers in a succinct and memorable way. Um, Zacharias Ursinus, who actually wrote the Heidelberg Catechism, defined it this way. Um, catechizing or a catechism is a brief summary of the doctrine of the prophets and apostles communicated orally to such as are unlearned, which they may again, which they again are required to repeat. So essentially, Ursinus is saying something very similar. A, a Christian catechism is, is a summary of doctrine drawn from the Bible, split up in easy to remember questions and answers for the purpose of either equipping children or those who are unlearned. So that's how I would go at defining it. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I like especially how you talked about a Christian catechism. Uh, I recently, I know uh, this is not directly related to a Christian catechism, but I recently saw a book um, that the LGBTQ movement has produced where they have uh, different letters in the book talking about different forms of sexuality according to their thought worldview, if you want to use that term, and they are catechizing, but obviously not from a Christian perspective. They're teaching, they're instructing, and you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but we get catechism from the Greek verb katecheo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah which, which generally means to teach or instruct, and, and oftentimes 
within scripture when it's used it's being used to convey this idea of teaching foundational principles so so when luke is writing to theophilus he and i know you didn't ask for this much information but <laughs> but when luke is writing to the to Theophilus, he, he gives a reason. He says that you may have certainty concerning the things that have you have been taught, and that's utilizing that Greek word katakeo, in in what appears to be yeah, it's using katakethes, um, is how you would pronounce it in that context. But it's essentially saying that, or Luke is saying that he is trying to give. Theophilus and all those who read his letters, the basic foundational truths um, that undergird everything that we believe as Christians. So particularly the person and the work of Jesus Christ as, as he's talking about the gospel of Luke. But yes, it comes from that Greek word. Good. Very good. So um, pertaining to discipleship now, uh, just moving this conversation along, uh, I'll ask you first and perhaps I might chime in. How are some ways that you have used catechisms for the purpose of discipling um, in your church, in your home? Feel free to take this conversation where you want it, want it to go. So I'll, I'll start off in my home. I, I have two daughters, one who is one and the other one who is three. The, the one-year-old is not memorizing many catechisms just yet, but hopefully someday. But my three-year-old, I'm taking through the Baptist Catechism for boys and girls, and, and she's through question five. And, and it's a very simple catechism addressed to, to children of around her age group, maybe a little bit older typically than, than her. But, I mean, the first question is, who made you? God made me. Um, I know Austin's also utilizing that catechism with his daughter and he can add more to that. And then in respect to my church, I'm, I'm doing several different things. So as we've talked about before, I I've written a discipleship curriculum that's going to be published sometime. I don't know exactly when, but it, it the first draft is done and, and I'm using that first draft to disciple a number of men in my church. And that, curriculum utilizes not all of the Baptist catechism, but it utilizes several of the questions as they relate to various chapters within the 1689 confession. So that that helps give those guys a, a memorable um, nugget that they can take away from the more full exposition of truth that you find within the confession. Also, I am actually teaching through the Baptist catechism for my Sunday evening sermon time. So I'm preaching through the Baptist catechism, attempting to do it in the spirit of guys like Thomas Watson or John Flavel, utilizing Benjamin Bedham's exposition. Matthew Henry has a very similar exposition. There are several different expositions of the Westminster um, and Bedham, of course, with the Baptist catechism. So I, I just began preaching through that. And then finally, um, a new way I've been utilizing it is I've been given the opportunity to, to teach at an institute called the Biblical Institute of Theological Studies, which is a, a pastoral training institute for pastors in India, started by an indigenous Indian pastor named Henry. 
And I'm taking them through the Baptist catechism as well and helping Henry translate it into Telugu, which is their, their native dialect. Um, yeah, we just started that, but it, it seems to have already been bearing fruit in, in all those various various aspects that we've been teaching them. So, I mean, I just sent several links to catechisms for some of the members in my church because I, I talked about it last night and they, they wanted some to take home and to buy or, or to look up on the internet to begin utilizing in their own walk with the Lord and knowledge of the Bible, but also to begin equipping and laying a sound foundation for their children. I mean, my church has several, as Austin knows, we, we have a lot and a lot of young families and we have a lot of kids and a lot of those parents do desire to raise up their children in the instruction and fear of the Lord. So catechisms have been become way more pronounced and important just in the last few months of my church, but I've been utilizing them in my home for a while now. So anything you'd like to add? How have you been using them or seen them be fruitful and productive in your ministry? Yeah. Or family? Yeah. I'll uh, give some examples of that in just a moment. But just to remind our listeners why we're doing this, this is just meant to be a really practical uh, episode to help you utilize these confession or these catechisms that we're talking about. Um, so some ways that uh, I've been able to use them like you said, uh, with my one and a half year old, we're on the fourth question in the children's catechism, who made you God? What else did God make all things? Why did God make you in all things his glory? Then how can you glorify God, love him and obey him? We're trying to move past that, but we haven't got much further than that. Um, but that has been helpful for, um, myself and, my wife and I'm not around to try to catechize um, our daughter. Um, I've been meeting with our gifted brother in our congregation, Brother Trey Holzer, um, and him and I have been working through parts of the Baptist Catechism together. Uh, so we have cherished our uh, resources as we look to the scriptures together. He is using the same catechism to teach children's catechism to teach the third through fifth grade Sunday school class. And that has been going very well in our church. Um, the third through fifth graders are learning about the doctrine of the Trinity right now, trying to apprehend what God is. And the catechism is providing really helpful questions to try to think about something that's so difficult for our brains to begin to grasp. Um, so that's been an excellent way. It's working in our church. Um, occasionally whenever, um, one of our Sunday school teachers aren't teaching and I have to fill in, I will just pick a couple questions through the catechism to teach. So I've been able to teach on Jesus's, uh, roles as prophet, priest, and King that has been helpful in our congregation. Um, I know you and I have done some episodes on the unorthodox catechism. So Yeah. Um, those are some ways that I can think of that using catechisms have been helpful. And then for me, I, 
about two years ago, I tried to memorize the answers of the Baptist catechism. And some of them are just so long and so difficult that instead of trying to memorize them word for word, I just tried to get the general concept and the answer of the questions. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, as I'm, I'm seeking to help Henry translate it into Telugu as well as in, in what questions I utilize in, in my curriculum, I've, I've tried to modernize and, and put more into modern grammar without taking away from the meaning of, of the answers of the question to accurately convey what was said. Um, and most importantly, what the Bible teaches i've been trying to modernize it to make it a little bit easier for memorization in my experience my my version has been a little bit easier to memorize for myself but of course that's like cheating (laughs) because i'm the the one that phrased it the way the way i've put it in there um one other way that that i've utilized the baptist catechism is i taught a youth camp this past summer on the doctrine of man and, and when I'd be dealing with, with various concepts throughout the week. So, I mean, when I talked about man and Christ um, and how Christ redeems us, and I talked about his threefold offices, which that, that section in the Baptist catechism is just a goldmine of, of truth, defining what those three offices are and how he functions in each one of those offices is just a goldmine of information. And then also when talking about man and salvation, more broadly conceived, not just the person and work of Christ. I mean, it's definitions of justification, sanctification, and adoption. Those are all very rich and, and helpful. And the students were able to grasp the, the definitions that were provided probably better than most of the ones that I could come up with on my own. There's no need to be novel when, when other people have put things in a more succinct and clear way than you have. You should feel free to cite them and, and utilize those, those things. And it was rewarding during that Baptist camp to see the youth, as well as some of even the leaders who had never heard those things who were at the camp um, begin asking me questions about them and trying to delve even deeper than what I already went in the sessions that I taught. So, I mean, in saying all this, I mean, Austin and I have basically just given a fire hose of various ways that we've utilized catechisms. Um, on a personal note, I mean, I've been memorizing the Baptist catechism with with the guys that I'm taking through my curriculum and and I am to continue to memorize the entirety of it um it's just been a, a an encouragement to me it's like it's stuff that a pastor should already know um and and many of our listeners who are pastors likely know most of the concepts that that are taught in the baptist catechism it won't necessarily be new information but it will help you package it in a way that is easy to understand not only for in the olden language not only for the learned but also for the unlearned that is the heart of the catechism to to equip both children and those who may not have gifts in terms of intellect 
or education and opportunity in terms of education. It was, they were meant for those people. Um, to transition, I know we didn't have anything planned, but I, I do have a couple of different quotes that I think would just be fun to consider. Um, I'm going to start off with John Calvin. So John Calvin writes this, the church of God will never preserve itself without catechism. Catechism will serve two purposes. And that this is, it's his quotation, but I don't put the entire thing, but as an introduction to the whole people and enable them to discern when any presumptuous person puts forward strange doctrine. So in short, he's saying that the reformation and the preservation of that reformation that had taken place in him, in his time, it would never be preserved without a catechism, <laughs> very strong words. And, and his purpose in making a catechism is to in, introduce a whole people, not only the smart people, not only the people with high convoluted educations, um, but all kinds of people, the poor, the illiterate even, and children. And then it would also enable them to identify false teachers. And I, <laughs> I think that's a helpful, a very strong quote, but I, I do tend to agree with him on that. You have any comments on that quote? Uh, nothing other than the helpful observation that catechisms can help guard against heresies of various kinds. So that's another reason why we want children and our church members to be catechized. Um, it kind of reminds me of what the original letter to the reader of the 1689 says near the end, whenever it's talking about um, in their days, there have been many that have neglected the worship of God and families um, and have become grossly ignorant. Catechisms, along with the confession of faith, can help instruct and inform. I did have one more question before we kind of ended yeah. this conversation. Uh, again, he has no idea what's coming as I, as I ask him this. We commend catechisms to um, all types of people from different theological traditions, but we are Baptists, particular Baptists, and we use... Baptist Catechism or an Orthodox Catechism, how can this tool be used to help us recover our Baptist heritage? What do you think about that question? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, quite plainly, when you're utilizing historical documents um, and, and retrieving them and, and utilizing them, you are drawing upon that, that rich heritage that we do have as Baptists. I mean, when I was talking and, and, and teaching my church, as well as beginning to teach those pastors in India, um, I, I tried to show that catechisms are not like a non-Baptist thing. Like Baptists have always, until modern times, used catechisms. It's not Roman like, Catholic until, only. Yeah. Yeah, until very recently, they haven't been utilized. I, I mean, Charles Spurgeon republished the Baptist Catechism, and he, he says this, I'm persuaded that the use of a good catechism in all families will be a great safeguard against the increasing errors of our times. So 
and and doing that he he gathered together and and took out some of the questions of the baptist and westminster catechism but he reproduced it with scriptural proofs not only was it used in london but it was also published in the by the philadelphia association in the states and it was utilized by churches there um the charleston association the from which basically Southern Baptist came. It was one of the most prominent associations prior to the formation of the Southern Baptist Convention in the South. Um, they produced the catechism. And one pastor in particular, Richard Furman, utilized it regularly to educate children. And Tom Nettles, in his book, Teaching Truth and Training Hearts, The Study of Catechisms in Baptist Life, gives a very long quotation of someone who sat under such teaching, who, who knew what Furman was doing. And the person said this, talking about how catechisms had fallen out um, in their day. And they say, what a pity that such a course of instruction has been abandoned. And this is a lay person writing it. Like this isn't some some Baptist history nerd like me writing it. This is a layperson who had witnessed the the effects that they talk about. I mean, I have more of the quote here. Um, let's see. I don't know where to. Start. I'll just read the whole thing. Why not? the The practice of catechism was of incalculable benefit. This person writes, for when it pleased God to change our hearts. And when offering ourselves to the church for membership, we knew what the church doctrines meant and were quite familiar with answering questions before the whole congregation and did not quake when pastor or deacon or anyone else asked when we understood um, by baptism, the Lord, or what was understood by baptism, the Lord's Supper, justification, adoption, sanctification, and so on and so forth. And that's when that question comes, or that statement comes up. What a pity that such course of instruction had been abandoned. Um, so, I mean, to answer your other question, um, basically by utilizing a catechism, you are in the act of retrieving and celebrating our Baptist heritage. One of the very first books published by the Sunday School Board of the Southern Baptist Catechism was a catechism of the Bible written by James P. Boyce. When that same board was reinstituted in 1891, the first book to be considered was a catechism by John A. Broadus. So catechisms were seen even in the late 19th century, and we might assume 1891, probably the early 20th century, um, to be seen something, or they were seen as something as legitimate practice and utilization. I mean, think about all the quarterlies that are used in Southern Baptist life. Um, not all of them are terrible by any means, but I mean, if we can utilize those in our Sunday school class, I, I would argue that utilizing a catechism would be of much more practical import because I know people have used those quarterlies for decades and really don't know any more than what they did when they first came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I would guarantee you that the utilization of a catechism would have vastly different results for those people. So I don't know if I answered your question there, but 
Basically, no, I think you did. To when- be a genuine Baptist, you should catechize. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and by using the Baptist catechism, by using an Orthodox catechism, you said that we are doing retrieval just by using those documents. And so too, we can share the sentiment of the, the particular Baptist of the 17th century, borrowing from the language of the Westminster divines when they write in the letter to the judicious and impartial reader, we have no itch to clog religion with new words. We, we get to use the same words that our Baptist um, forefathers used as they catechized, and we share with their desire and being a part of the church of all ages to catechize the congregations that God has entrusted us with as shepherds of the flock of God. And not just shepherds, we commend lay leaders. If you are given opportunity, use catechisms for uh, instruction in Sunday school classes. Uh, husbands, catechize your family if you're a father and um any further thoughts on purposes of catechisms ways we can utilize catechisms quotations that you've got on catechisms i i have a lot of different quotations on them i i won't bore the listener with any any more of those but i would like to give a a list of of why or how using catechisms are practical and and this list is is basically my reworking of the list that you'll find in tom nettles's book um so number one they redeem the time and i mean sometimes i think parents struggle to know what to do with their children that's actually productive and 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 conducive to forming them into whole people who who honor the lord and who by God's grace, one day come to know and follow the Lord's Jesus. What better way to redeem the time than give them an accurate summary and store it in their mind and prayer that it will descend to their heart, um, a summation of Christian truth. So they redeem the time. Um, Number two, they lay a foundation um, to help people interpret scripture. So just like confessions work as guardrails, creeds and confessions work as guardrails, so far as catechisms are, are really just um, fleshed out confessional documents and, and, and split up in such a way that they are memorable and able to be more easily memorized, they, they provide those same type of guardrails and can help people help help christians and help children learn how to actually read the bible for themselves in in light of revealed truth um number three they make for better sermons and better sermon listeners um you know it would be nice as as a pastor that i i wouldn't have to feel the need every single time i mention in the word justification to to give a a discourse on what that that means not that I'm opposed to doing that, but it would be nice that at least the people who are members, when I talk about those things, they will already have an idea of what they mean. And then I can move on from the milk of that doctrine into more meaty matters of, of that doctrine or any other doctrine for that matter, the doctrine of the Trinity, um, the understanding, our understanding of the means of grace and baptism and the Lord's Supper. Um, the Ten Commandments are discussed at length. But anyways, they make for better sermons and better sermon listeners. So how do they make for better sermons? Well, if you have a, a 
system of truth, the system of revealed truth in the Bible stored in your head, you're going to be able to preach better sermons. <laughs> you won't you won't be saying things crazy off the cuff when when you preach the Bible and contradicting other sermons that you've preached before. Um, number four, they bear witness to our belief in the scriptures. We we believe that the Bible is God's book, and we believe that God is not a God of chaos or confusion, but He's a God of order. And there is something that's identifiable, as Jude says, as the faith once for all delivered of to the saints, or as Paul writes, there is a form of sound words that, that can be followed and understood, or the trustworthy sayings that Paul lists out as, at, at, that, he, that he states to Timothy, or, and even examples of summations of Christian doctrine where Paul summarized a core Christian truth, and he doesn't quote other scriptures to do it. He summarizes what other scriptures teach. So, I mean, Philippians 2 would be an example, or, or Colossians 1, talking about the person of Christ. There are, of course, other ones too, or, or the example of Jesus when he teaches on prayer. He doesn't actually like, he doesn't quote the entirety of the Psalms to teach his disciples to pray. No, he, he gives them a, a new, not necessarily a new way, but something that's a production of his own mind that gives a sense and an accurate articulation of that we see throughout the Psalms as a pattern and a method of prayer. And that's essentially what catechisms are doing. They're taking scriptural truth and putting it in a succinct, accurate, and logical, and memorable way to equip the people to know the truth and to live in light of the truth. Um, number five, they, they bolster faith in times of trouble. I, I can testify to this, like when, when we talk about works of providence, I mean, this idea that God governs and sustains by his powerful word, all, the, all of his creatures and their actions is, is a comforting truth, that God is still in control. And that's an answer to one of the catechism questions. And then number six, they ready people and churches for reformation, revival, and to counter false teaching. So both Austin and I are at Southern Baptist churches, traditional Southern Baptist um, churches that, that upon our coming could hardly be described as confessional. That does not mean that our people do not love the Bible. They do. It, I can speak especially for my own. They love the Bible. They're hungry for the truth of the Bible. They are not hostile to these things that I have been talking about. But by using catechism, I'm catechisms, I'm striving to lead them to a, a more robust and confessional identity as Baptists, and catechisms are helping me get there. So that's six, six practical reasons to use, utilize catechisms. So, and, and I've seen the fruit of it, um, pastors, as both a father and, and as a pastor, I've seen the fruit. They are not a waste of time. They are tested in time throughout history, and they are in accord with the Holy Scripture. So I, I would say use catechism. I mean, just do it. <laughs> just get into the habit. Just If you don't know how to start, just start. <laughs> hmm. um, Austin one time asked me, how do you begin preaching systematically through books um, as a pastor? And I said, well, Austin, just one day you get up there and you start a book. 
and a similar thing with a catechism. How do you start catechizing? Well, you start it. <laughs> That's it. You just start doing it. <laughs> do you have anything to add or encouragements? Just start catechizing. This, this episode has meant to be very practical as the goal of catechizing itself is meant to be very practical. So, uh, Jimmy, if you don't have anything else, I do not. Um, we, again, commend you to catechize. We thank you for listening to this episode, and we hope and pray that this might be a helpful resource as you begin to consider how you can disciple the people around you. Uh, we wish grace and peace to you. For additional content, check out our blog ministry at covenantconfessions.com. Also, keep up with our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Next, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Lastly, thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. Grace and peace to you.